Welcome, everyone, to the Daredevil podcast by Fantastic Geek. Today, we kick off our coverage of the Netflix series on Marvel's own Daredevil. If this is your first time joining Fantastic Geek, welcome. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is a guy so money he could be called Wall Street. It's Pete. Hello, Pete. Matt, I I can hear you, but I can't see you. Well, I guess that certainly is befitting for uh, for the start of the Daredevil podcast here. Oh, wait. I, I just found the light. Go ahead. <laughs> so this is our first official preview episode of two plans prior to the April 10th release in Toto of daredevil on netflix definitely looking forward to the release of the series here i know uh you know marvel's just at this this wonderful place especially marvel television we've been watching and podcasting agents of shield watching and podcasting agent carter and uh can't wait for the uh the third crown in the marvel tv jewel to be uh to be kicking off in hell's kitchen in i mean it seems like it's a far way off pete two months but it's gonna go by fast it is, and considering that this is the first of four planned series on Netflix, the second of which is already deep into the casting phase in AKA Jessica Jones, um, the four uh, titular characters of which will wind up in a Defenders miniseries on Netflix, this is, uh, this is a big endeavor, Matt. It certainly is. It's it's massive scope. It's a minimum of, uh, I believe, 60 episodes for the four series before they get to the Defenders miniseries of about eight episodes. And I think that's kind of that's kind of up in the air, whether it's going to be eight, whether it's going to be 12, 13. You know, they don't they don't quite know what the shape of that's going to be. But we're kicking off kind of a new phase here for for our podcasts, for the FantasticGeek.com podcasts. Uh, as things are moving to Netflix and uh, all you can watch and all that. So uh, it's a brand new chapter, Pete. It is. Our first segment, Matt, is Exhibit A. Order in the court! One more outburst and I'll hold you in contempt. Let's enter the evidence into the record and give the devil his due. Ooh, exciting, exciting. Pete, of course, for people who don't know, what's the show going to be about? We have lawyer by day, Matt Murdock, who uses his heightened senses from being blinded as a young boy to fight crime at night on the streets of New York City's Hell's Kitchen as (gasps) Daredevil. Yeah, certainly a longtime respected gritty different from the other type of Marvel superheroes and, and really the linchpin amongst the hell's kitchen street level superheroes if you will yeah that's such a great fa- a phrase that you've used that i know that uh, that marvel uses as well to kind of differentiate between you know the kind of spandex superheroes of x-men and fantastic four and whatnot uh, entering into this uh, netflix marvel phase with uh, the defenders starting off with daredevil here it's uh, kind of more street level that kind of you know the, the 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 harsher edges of of reality you know street crime and drugs and that sort of thing um is certainly what uh what the daredevil comics is uh, is, uh, is much more known for and uh where the series is headed and since it's all connected this all occurs in the same cinematic universe as an agents of shield previously an agent carter 
Um, certainly the movies, Avengers coming in May, all the others. So there will be cross connections. There will be things to look for and to just imagine that they uh, inhabit the same universe and uh, will eventually cross paths in some way, shape or form. So, Pete, that's that's their plan. What's our plan for the podcast? Because people have been been with us, I mean, heck, even before our Marvel stuff, it's always been a new episode airs. We get a podcast out as soon as possible. With the Marvel stuff, it's, you know, we record it same night, so it's there for you the next morning. There is no same night. There is no next morning. This is all 3 a.m. Eastern. Uh, all of the, the entirety of the Daredevil series just shows up. So what's our plan? Yes. So at 3 a.m. Eastern on uh, Friday, April 10th, we are going to begin watching Daredevil. We're going to watch it straight through, which the running time. So they're still in the editing bay. We should finish up sometime around noon or one o'clock that day. And then we are going to get on our recording and record straight through and drop all 13 episodes um, I'm probably going to die sometime during the 11th episode and Matt will finish it off. And then you're on your own for AKA Jessica Jones, but I wish you well. <laughs> Pete to new listeners. That is proof that although we have a little bit of, ag- of an agenda ahead of time, we, uh, <laughs> we don't script out everything ahead of time. Pete, obviously what you're describing is impossible or, you know, and uh, ghastly and sure. that I don't want to die doing this podcast. No, uh, no, I'm the one who dies. But uh, oh, see, I assumed I would die. I assumed it would be like, and thus ends season one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, in reality, what we had done, because this is a new model and the uh, the Netflix have it all at once model in TV has become a thing. <laughs> so we are going to podcast at least the first trio of episodes, the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday <laughs> of that first weekend that they're available. And then beginning the following Friday and subsequent Monday, we will be releasing one episode per. So just to review there, comes out on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we do one per and then starting the following Friday, it'll be Fridays and Mondays, Fridays and Mondays until we're done with the season. For those of you who listen to us on our uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, you'll be getting stuff Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So <laughs> hopefully uh, we won't exhaust ourselves in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, you're welcome. <laughs> um, uh, Pete, I think that, I not even I think we had put out a a poll at fantasticgeek.com yes. that is of course fantastic with a ph um and uh polled our listeners as to how they were going to watch what their preferred way was to uh to to be viewing the series um I'm glad that we did that because it it really it surprised me particularly as more and more answers rolled in um of course people would like as much of the podcast up front as possible but there's also people who are saying, like, for example, um, 25% of people are going to just binge it like crazy in the first weekend yes. or even the first day. But that means that 75% aren't. They're going to be going a little bit slower. Yes, um, and I'm, I'm uh, calling back to when Netflix released um, 
its most anticipated series to date last February when they dropped the second season of House of Cards. And Netflix does not release internal numbers, but they did let it be known that all of, of all of their viewers, which they were tracking on different devices and everything as they did that in their headquarters there, in their war room, one viewer watched the entire second season straight with pretty much nothing but the 20 seconds. <laughs> All right, this episode's coming next and maybe like two or three pauses within the entirety of that second season run. So, yeah, to do it all through, apart from being torturous from an endurance standpoint, and that's something we took really seriously into account. You know, we want to maintain the same standards that those of you who have been with Fantastic Geek for a couple of years now have come to expect and really that uh, new listeners will come to know. Pete, I couldn't have said it better myself. We, we want that quality up front. And uh, what kind of what kind of sealed the deal for me was uh, I was uh, listening to another podcast about another show, you know, just as a fan, nothing that we do, and kind of went back and, and re-listened to their once a week podcast about a particular TV show after the TV show had concluded. And I was sitting there going, I'm really into this. I'm into the discussion, even though they just spent 15 minutes on a theory that ended up not panning out. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it was still a fun little, it was a fun review of the series. So if you, if you dear listener, are somebody who watches in the first week uh, or in the first <laughs> in the first day, in the first weekend, whatever it might be, I think there still is going to be a place uh, place in the podcast for you to just to kind of uh, go along with us. Um, and I should stress, Pete, we are going to be watching an episode, then podcasting it. So we're never going to be in a position of like, oh man, look, in episode two, there's, you know, there's Spats McGee. Oh, he's going to die in six episodes. We're not, <laughs> it's, it's all going to be from that, from that first view um, perspective. So if you are listening to us on a rewatch, It'll be with it'll be uh, with those fresh eyes that we'll be bringing, and hopefully you. And uh, of course, you know we also have we have people who kind of watch with us as we've done various things. So it should be uh, it should be fun, Pete. I think people are gonna people are gonna enjoy it. We're gonna enjoy it. We're, the conversation uh, that we're gonna be having with everyone should be fantastic. Indeed, it's time for the defendants. Objection, you're already badgering the witness. Well, what do you want me to give him a testimonial dinner? Who brought the heat into Hell's Kitchen, Matt? Well, Pete, for this episode, of course, we don't we don't have uh, we don't have baddies lined up yet, but we are going to talk, of course, the the, the defendants for this preview, the the cast and the characters. Pete, we were there at New York Comic Con, saw saw all these uh, all these people introduced on stage well most of them with the exception of uh, Rosario Dawson of course but Pete even though they kind of uh, uh, introduced them in uh, in reverse order if you will we're starting the tippity top Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock aka Daredevil I know you know him from um, Boardwalk Empire Boardwalk Empire Owen Slattery ooh uh, do you think he's going to be a good a good fit because I have I have not seen him in uh, in Boardwalk Empire 
He was excellent there. Everything I've seen, Matt, longtime listeners are going to also know me as Spoiler Pete, and I work ahead as much as I possibly can. From I have not seen the entire first episode of Daredevil, but I've seen enough to know that he's got the goods in this role as well. Uh, it surprised me slightly uh, when he spoke at uh, New York Comic Con and uh, it was revealed, of course, that he's a Brit. Yes. Um, I, I'm starting to think that if if you can do television and you work in the United Kingdom, Marvel will find you. Because <laughs> um, I'm sitting there going, as I was kind of going going over the memory today, I was like, okay, so there's him, there's Haley Atwell, there's James Darcy, there this, there's that. There's, okay, hey, they're they're slowly clearing out, you know, clearing out the British Isles. But right, Vincent D'Onofrio wishes he was British after the Bush administration, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> um. I, from my initial read of Charlie Cox, I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. I think he just he he brings a certain um, he brings a certain innocence up front, and then kind of darkness behind the eyes, if you will. I think will really uh, will really suit Matt Murdock. You know his his character on Boardwalk Empire. He was a an Irish um, immigrant turned uh, muscle for. Um, for Steve Buscemi's uh, character, Nucky Thompson, and uh, eventually had an affair with um, Nucky Thompson's uh, wife. And, you know, did a really, really good job in that nuanced performance, some deep stuff that happened over the course of his run on the show. And I think he brings this tortured gravitas into the uh, main role as uh, our daredevil. And Pete, I'm sure you'll recall from the uh, New York Comic Con panel that uh, Jeff Loeb, head of Marvel Television, told the story that uh, uh, Marvel's chief creative officer Joe Quesada yes. uh, had actually zeroed in on Charlie Cox to play uh, to play Matt Murdock a number of years ago. And Jeff Loeb is like, "But we don't have the rights." He kept saying they're across the street. I don't know if that's a, a metaphor or if Marvel <laughs> Studios are like literally across the street from. I think it was da, 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 Paramount that had them. But anyhow, the, he kept saying the, the rights are across the street and. Joe Quesada saying it'll it'll happen it'll happen and that that's their story they're sticking to it that you know three years ago they wanted this guy to play Daredevil on a TV show for a studio that didn't have the rights that might not give them to the TV division if they did get them they might want to go straight to a movie so they've had their eye on uh, on Matt Murdock for a while and they uh, they got him in Charlie Cox and where I think. You know, this is the series to start with, apart from being the most recognizable of these Hell's Kitchen heroes, is that this was a property big enough to have been done once before as a movie with, you know, varying results. But, you know, this is the equivalent of, you know, making Captain America a, a series, so this is a big get back and rather than, all right, we, we had the rights revert. Now let's make the daredevil movie. I think they're very wise to say, let's put it on Netflix where we're not encumbered by a lot of the standards and practices and let's make him the tentpole hero in that format. And I think it's going to be a win. 
I totally agree. And I think that it speaks to Marvel's sense of uh, humility almost where they sit and go, you know what? We want to maybe do an Avengers movie one day, but let's build the characters up first. Plus, we think we can do movies with these, you know, with the individual Avengers on their own than doing Avengers. All right. Now, uh, Avengers is a hit. Team movies work. You know what? Let's skip straight to Guardians of the Galaxy because those individual characters can't handle it. Let's be honest. They're, you know, we're not going to do a two-hour Groot movie. Then they get, then they, you know, get the Daredevil rights. They start to look at some of those, you know, some of the Defenders characters and go, you know what? There's not enough, you know, like laser eyeball stuff, or <laughs> you know, snicked from snicked metal from the hand, or there's not enough of that for Daredevil to maybe, you know justify a ten dollar movie ticket you know there's not enough spaceships and and iron suits etc etc let's you know what what does daredevil have going for him it is an awful existence that these (laughs) characters are going through that sounds like a tv show that doesn't sound like rains a lot exactly it's bloody and everybody is tortured in the toughest city on earth. So Indeed. yeah, you know, the odds are against you from the start. It, it's going to be different, but I can already tell you it's great. Well, Pete, next up is uh, Deborah Ann Wall is Karen Page, somebody who uh, it was again noted at New York Comic Con. She wrapped True Blood at like 4 a.m. on a Tuesday, you know, early Tuesday morning, like worked all day Monday, Tuesday morning wrapped in L.A., uh, and was on the set of Daredevil uh, Thursday morning to to start portraying Karen Page. So very little downtime, and uh, I was so psyched to see that the the effervescent and uh, downright adorable Deborah Ann Wall was going to be in this show. A big get, a huge get, and Matt, what's the common denominator? Uh, well, I mean, we're now two for two with uh, HBO. <laughs> Not quite pickups, not quite uh, poachings, but the, the, it's that HBO TV pedigree. And that's intentional. Uh, Netflix wants to very much have, who wouldn't want to have the success that HBO has had over the last 15 years. And in building this up, and, and really this is the first time anything like this is going to be done where you know, four series are then going to come together in one mini series and they're getting people they can rely on who are draws, who are held, who have held things down in a supporting uh, situation. And now they get to shine in their own light. I don't know. Obviously, I mean, who would, but I don't know the kind of financial particulars of, a, how Netflix works, B, the Netflix Marvel contract, et cetera, et cetera. But this certainly, this cast, as we're moving through it, certainly smacks of kind of the move that that Netflix made with uh, with House of Cards in terms of, you know what, let's, let's, let's eke out a profit on this one because the splash that we get is going to propel the other boats that we have in the water ready to go. This is, this is a list as we go down it that is just, whether it's, a younger actress, uh, as in Deborah Ann Wall, 29. Um, some super veteran actors. I mean, th- this is a bench that goes so, so, so deep. Um, shockingly so. I would dare say this is the best cast Marvel, Mar- you know, like Marvel films, of which I'm including the television division. This is the best cast 
um, you know, Marvel Films project that we have seen to date. Uh, we'll see how it bounces out. Obviously, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters have grown on us big time. Um, but in terms of kind of prior resume, uh, it, it's just this fantastic list. And, of course, next up is Eldon Henson as Foggy Nelson. Yeah, it's really eclectic. And I thought his casting was eyebrow raising. And then I'm like, all right, uh, butterfly effect, man. He was the tortured uh, friend who watches the mailbox blow up. And I'm like, dude, that's that's really good. This is not the Favreau-esque, you know, kind of going to chew the the scenery of the foggy nelson and and make the wise cracks you know this this is going to be a different representation of this character and i think you know again nothing against favreau but you know more richer for it to enhance the overall cast and he's someone too that has had this really interesting casting story he had to his audition tape was over his phone from the set of uh, of the Hunger Games movies. Again, not that he I, he doesn't quite have the the uh, familiarity um, as, as some of the other actors, but I mean, this is a guy who's in demand. This is a guy who's being seen by millions and millions of people in other projects. Uh, veteran of the acting world. I mean, I know well known for uh, for Mighty Ducks. Uh, his first, you know, some of his earliest uh, credits go back to the. Uh, the mid eighties, you know, he's, uh, he's 37 now. So he's been working, you know, in the showbiz for, for his whole life here and just kind of a veteran actor, even, even in his, uh, young years, Pete, next up on the list, Rosario Dawson, uh, playing of course, Claire Temple. She was, uh, not at the, uh, at the New York comic con, uh, um, panel, but we got to see a, a clip with her. Again, I mean, we're quickly going to be repeating ourselves, so we'll probably start to speed things up. But Rosario Dawson, what a get! What you know, well-known face, great actress, uh, super busy, you know, super deep resume, etc. Yeah, she's going to be playing a nurse who helps uh, Matt Murdock. And uh, Matt, I have had a secret crush on Rosario Dawson for about a decade, and it's not a secret anymore. Wow. Yeah. Um, I just, the, the thing I enjoy the most about her performances is her ability with dialogue. And it's going to be interesting to see in the role that she's been cast, how they're going to exploit that strength of hers when you think, okay, she's playing a nurse. She's going to be patching this guy up, you know, on a week to week uh, basis. And who knows what, uh, develops from there. Absolutely. Next, somebody who had such a singular presence at New York Comic Con, uh, not just only singular amongst this panel, but I mean, unique in many ways to any of the panels I've ever been to. Uh, of course, Vincent D'Onofrio, who they only referred to as Wilson Fisk at the panel, which I thought was interesting. I'm wondering if maybe there's going to be this moment where it's like end of episode six. It's like, you know what, man? I'm the effing kingpin. And it's like, <laughs> oh, he said it. He said it. But Vincent D'Onofrio, Pete, you mentioned what a passionate actor he is. Why don't, why don't you, you finish that finish that uh, that reference now? Well, let's let's go all the way back. I first became aware of the tremendous talent of Vincent D'Onofrio in a little movie called Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket, where he 
uh, unforgettably portrayed private pile. And um, yeah, Homeboy is indeed passionate. When he was on, uh, it was Law and Order, not SUV or SVU. <laughs> I always like to call it SUV. You know? Criminal intent. Criminal intent, okay, uh, for some time. Um, he was not the biggest fan of the Bush presidency to the point where there are stories about him refusing to come out of his trailer in a mood for something that the Bush administration had done that day. <laughs> this guy cares about the work. He cares about the world. He's going to kill it in this role. Here's the thing. He comes in with maybe literally the biggest shoes to fill based on the fact that Kingpin was the bad guy in the 2003 film played by the since deceased Michael Clark Duncan. And there's no replacing that. Yeah. Um, again, even that presence and the way he portrayed the role. So I think they're wise to go to somebody very different with a different kind of energy and, you know, you see the trailer out there, you don't even get his face, but you get the size, you, you, you get the shadow at the same time. And his presence and his energy at that panel w was notable. Usually, you know, when, when, when the, uh, the moderator of the panel for Marvel stuff, it's always Jeff Loeb, you know, they'll ask somebody a question, they'll immediately be you know the response would be like oh yeah 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 you know this was so great and this but vincent d'onofrio had this different uh different presence and pete if you'll permit me you play jeff Loeb. i'll play vincent d'onofrio you just ask me ask me any old question about you know the making of daredevil or that kind of thing yes so um making daredevil as you are right now uh what can you tell me about the show so like he, there's like this pause and then there still is a pause and he's kind of nodding and he's like, the craft that goes into these kinds of, these kinds of characters, it really is, it's just remarkable. It's just, so I'll stop my, my, my playing of Vincent Joffrey now. It was just this completely like he was coming across as for better or worse, just so kind of dedicated to this thing. Uh, at the panel, one of the other uh, actors, I believe it was Tony Leonard Moore, who who plays Fisk's right-hand man, kind of said, oh, it's great to put on a costume and makeup and go out there every day. You just get the sense that Vincent D'Onofrio was like, that's not GD makeup. That's the skin <laughs> of my character. That's not a costume. That's just – and." More power to him. He just seems totally into it. And he doesn't – there's 5,000 people in front of him and he's just going to pause and go, there's just such a ebulence and effervescence. Yeah. And he's just he's, – he's just one of those people I think who he has been met with success because of his great talent and he just lives life with the capital L. And he's, he's going to be a fantastic presence in the series, uh, no, no doubt at all. Pete, moving on, fans of uh, of uh, Angels and Demons, of course, recognize uh, Eilat Zurer, uh, who's playing Vanessa. That's uh, Fisk's love interest. Uh, she also played uh, Lara, uh, Superman's mother, in uh, the forgettable Man of Steel movie. Um, <laughs> Pete, not that part though. I, I got not tell that you. part. No, Eilat Zurer. Yeah, 
as forgettable as that movie is, the Krypton stuff was great, and uh, she killed it in that role. So to plop her into the better comic universe is a win for her and for us. I'm sure that she was cast on her own wonderful acting ability and, and screen presence and whatnot. There must have been some moment where, like, after she signed the contract, you know, the the the, the Marvel hierarchy behind closed doors was like, we just got Superman's mom for a Marvel project, man. <laughs> you know, take that, DC. Um, but Pete, uh, next on the list, the the venerable, venerable, the not always beloved characters, but the beloved character actor Bob Gunton. If yes. you don't recognize the name. He's he's the warden in Shawshank Redemption. That's all you need to know. That's, that's all, you need, all to know. you need to say. You can say other things he's been in. That's fine, okay. But he it will say uh, years and years and years from now on his headstone. Here lies the warden. His judgment cometh, and that right soon. Another. I mean, in my opinion, another huge get. I'm sure that Bob Gunton has his pick of roles. I'm sure he has his pick of pick of cruddy roles and pretty decent roles. And sure, I'll play the, you know, guy for a three episode arc on, you know, CSI, whatever. For him to kind of get this series role, I mean, I feel great for him. I feel like, you know, a guy, he's 69. He's he's somebody who Hollywood could be looking past if not for his just his his you know uh, charisma and, and recognizability, but I am psyched to see him playing Leland Owlsley in um, in Daredevil. Yeah, um, it's going to add to that richness, particularly considering the setting. Indeed, uh, penultimately on the list, the aforementioned Tol- Toby Leonard Moore, uh, who is uh, less well known. I believe he's Australian. And um, he, too, related uh, at New York Comic Con how, um, uh, by his own telling, he was cast five minutes before <laughs> before needed on set. I don't know if it was quite that close, but um, kind of a, a newcomer playing Fisk's right-hand man. And uh, Pete, last on this, this just incredible cast list is uh, Vondi Curtis Hall, whose name I didn't uh, originally recognized but i guarantee uh, you've seen him um he he uh is playing ben uh, urich the uh, reporter the reporter I'm, yep um and this is my man you go back to die hard 2 he absolutely steals scenes in uh the 1996 modernization of romeo and juliet as captain prince uh playing really the the prince Aeschylus role from the original play uh different take again on a character seen in the movie played by uh joe pantaleone but uh i think that people are really gonna like him in this series yeah i mean this is a guy whose resume just goes and goes and goes um tons of gravitas and uh you know another another wonderful addition matt i'd like to request a sidebar your honor, may I approach the bench? May I approach the bench? It's time to step aside and approach the bench to discuss some off-the-record theories. You be the judge. 
Pete, of course, we run spoiler free on the podcast. As I mentioned earlier, despite the whole it's all released at once thing, we are going to be doing each episode uh, new to, well, at least new for the audience, new to me. You you have your connections. You move that potted plant two tiles to the right and, you know, uh, a, a manila envelope shows up with a, with a you know homemade DVD with uh, footage on it, et cetera, et cetera. But Pete, let's focus on one thing. I don't think that it's kind of against the spoiler-free rule to briefly discuss something from the preview. Uh, no red suit. Um, there were people who were like, oh, there it's not if there's going to be the red suit, Pete. Yes. When do you think we are going to see the red suit? Because clearly the discussion we're supposed to have after seeing that is, wow, that looks good. Where's the red suit? Well, are you asking me when I've seen the red suit? Because I've already seen the red suit. <laughs> What? Uh, the, well, then I guess I'll have to answer my own <laughs> when question. When will you see the red suit? When, when will I? I'm gonna, I'm gonna prognosticate that at the end of the second or third episode, that's where there's kind of the you know, um, Avengers initiative. You know, Samuel L. Jackson kind of spirit of it, where it's going to be at the end of the episode. It's like, wait a minute, I think this works better. Step, step, camera pan up, red suit. DD logo, boom. That that's my that's my prediction. Well, I can tell you this: uh, the current plans in the marketing for the next trailer prominently feature the suit. Ooh. Pete, here's another sidebar question for you: Will we see the beloved Agent Coulson, the glue, the genesis of Marvel Television? Will we see Agent Coulson in a Daredevil episode? I'm not going to directly answer that. What I'm going to say is this, Matt. We were at New York Comic Con. It was Friday. I believe October 10th, if my calendar mind is uh, working right. Yes, it was October 10th. And there, flown across the country, was the venerable Clark Gregg. And then the next day, Saturday, October 11th, the Daredevil cast appeared pretty much in toto for the first time ever. You figure that one out there. We know that he was in New York. They were filming. Yeah. Well, I guess it'll be the same answer same non-answer but i'll plant the seed uh, for our listeners here will we see the the converse will we get an opportunity to see daredevil and shield perhaps you know the tuesday before uh april 10th which i'm not particularly good at math it's probably about the the 7th or so um pete i know you you can't say too much but um i guess that's something to ponder as well not directly fair enough well, here's one, Pete, that you probably don't have any any insider knowledge on, um, if only because uh, of recent casting news. Any chance that towards the end, or I guess it could be at any time, to be honest, but any chance that towards the end of Daredevil, we see Jessica Jones show up in some, even if it's in some sort of like, oh, man, that lady walked by. Oh, it's Jessica Jones. See her? No. Daredevil's blind, Matt. Ah, uh, well, will we see her, Pete? I can't answer that. Wow. Fair enough. Um, Pete, anything else that you want to share here in the sidebar? I want to share that this, from what I've seen, is easily Marvel 
TV's in the cinematic universe most ambitious uh, venture to date. The really raw nature of it is actually shocking on first glance. And this is really going to advance what we have with Marvel in a visual sense. Well, Pete, let's not forget too. at the press conference that announced the, the Marvel Netflix deal, uh, which was held in New York city, uh, taking, taking, um, into consideration and, and using, uh, some of the New York city and New York state film credit tax stuff. Um, at that press conference, uh, if memory serves correct, you had the governor of New York, the mayor of New York city, the head of Disney, um, and then some lesser TV, you know, production folk, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure Joe Casada was there. Jeff Loeb, of course, I'm sure was there. Um, they need to hit it out of the park with this because Netflix and Mar- you know, somebody's spending two hundred million dollars on these Defender things. Um, there's a ton of state money tied up and and whatnot, and jobs on the line, and et cetera, et cetera. This is a huge, huge undertaking, and. Um, I guess time will tell. Sonar scan. Like Daredevil, we've been using our enhanced senses to monitor the frequencies. Here's what you had to say. Well, Pete, here's the thing. Nobody has anything in particular to say yet about the podcast. We, of course, had uh, had our little teaser episode up there, but this is the first time we're actually doing it for real. But we would love to hear from you all, hear your theories, hear your thoughts, um, hear your reviews of the podcast, etc. And uh, Pete, where should people start? Let's start with that. Where should people share a review? Well, the number one place where you can help others and help us is by leaving a review on iTunes. Um, And we're going to be adding an incentive through February 24th. Any review left to our Daredevil podcast or our Agent Carter podcast will be entered into a drawing for a little piece of Marvel history itself, a uh, Funko Pop vinyl bobblehead of Marvel's Howard the Duck. You know you want it. The mighty Howard the Duck, the first the first Marvel movie who <laughs> made all this possible and Pixar and so much more. Mar- yes. the, the contributions to the world by Howard the Duck. We've discussed in other podcasts, but it is, uh, it is great. So he- go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. You could do it for Daredevil. You could do it for Agent Carter. If you did it for both, you would receive two entries. So incentive there. And during our Agent Carter podcast on February 24th, we will draw the winning name. And Pete, as of course our longtime listeners know, you can also be in touch with us uh, in a bunch of different ways. You could visit fantasticgeek.com. That is fantastic with a PH. Uh, and you can leave a comment on the uh, on the latest uh, podcast episode that we have dropped there. Uh, that's also kind of a hub for whether it's Agents of Shield, Agent Carter. Um, we'll also add some uh, some goodies there that get this might not actually be Marvel related. Uh, going to comic book conventions uh, shows that uh, you know maybe a TV pilot that catches our fancy or whatnot. Um, 
We're also Fantastic Geek on Gmail and Twitter as well, so you can reach out uh, reach out that way. It's so much fun uh, interacting with listeners and fellow fans on Twitter in particular. Uh, we kind of get that immediacy. And uh, why, Pete? Only a couple days ago, we uh, we crossed paths with a, a really loyal listener, and uh, that was fantastic. It was. Uh, but Pete, let's 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 be honest here. Though I might be the Matt Murdock of this podcast, <laughs> you are the kingpin. You are the big guy. You are you are the one whose whose name is known in the in the the avenues and streets of of the, uh, of podcast land. How can people be in touch with you? Wow. You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 5,053 followers. Can't be wrong. Wow. And Pete, I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost. One more way people can get in touch with us, that is, of course, Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash fantasticgeek. As always, fantastic with a PH. And uh, with that, Pete, I think we've hit every way that uh, new listeners and old listeners alike can uh, can get in touch with us. We have. So with that, everybody, just a quick preview for the next time we will be doing a Daredevil uh, podcast that'll be somewhere in the middle of uh, the middle of March. And Pete, what what great kind of kind of uh, Daredevil reflection? What what kind of great discussion about the characters will we have? Uh, in that time as we count down until uh, April 10th. Well, we're going to be taking a look at the 2003 film, what? Both Cuts. Ooh. Yes, they're the theatrical and the director's cut. I have to say, joking aside, uh, I believe I saw the movie in theaters. And if I didn't, I remember going to the movie theater uh, ahead of when it came out and being like, it comes out on valentine's day that's awfully strange um but i have fond memories of it it is no i mean when did it come out pete 2004 2003 i have to say i own the theatrical i have seen the director's cut it is a guilty pleasure i'm not afraid to admit see it came out at a weird time in that you kind of had the tone set by the first X-Men movie, but that wasn't necessarily the only way you could go. Don't forget um, Spider-Man, yo. And Spider-Man, uh, absolutely. So, like, between those two, it kind of wasn't quite set that where the darkness needs to be, where the comedy needs to be with all this. Um, obviously, with the movie, with the Daredevil movie, they go a little bit one step towards the comic bookish and not quite the, the realism, but... I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Its its reputation has gotten, frankly, it's gotten worse, particularly with the whole Batfleck uh, controversy. Yes. But I, I I can't wait to watch it with fresh eyes. And we'll be dropping that some point in March. Absolutely. So with that, Pete, I will say, get out of here to all our listeners and give you your famous final word. Forget about it. 